But I want to get into what I would call the essence of Roth IRA conversions, and I want to talk about the secret. So Roth IRA conversions, what, what is it basically? Let's say, um, and I say Roth IRA, but it could be a Roth 401k, it could be a Roth 403b, um, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, you're taking a tax-deferred traditional retirement plan, IRA, 401k, 403b, SEP, QIO, uh, 457, whatever it might be. And we are paying taxes on the amount that we're converting. And the money that we are paying in taxes um, enables us to have a Roth IRA. So just keep it simple. Um, we're doing, a, let's say you have one account that's $100,000 in a traditional IRA. You or an advisor or somebody fills out paperwork, makes that a Roth IRA. Then let's say the money's at Schwab or somewhere, they will send you a 1099, say, please add $100,000 to your income. You do that. Uh, and let's just say for discussion's sake, the tax on that additional income is $24,000. You write a check for $24,000 and your $100,000 that used to be in the taxable um, IRA environment is now a tax-free Roth. And that will grow income tax-free for you, your spouse, and uh, subject to exceptions, uh, 10 years uh, tax-free growth after you and your spouse uh, die. If you meet one of the exceptions, it might be over the life of your beneficiary. A bonus for Roth IRA is that there are no required minimum distributions for the IRA owner. There's no required minimum distributions for the surviving spouse. After the SECURE Act, there is a distribution requirement in 10 years for non-spousal heirs. Now, the regulations for the Retire Secure Act, the proposed regulations just came out and that might change. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the proposed regs for two reasons. Number one, they're, they're more of the subtle points where I'm talking about, let's say, more of the big picture points. And the second reason is they're just proposed regulations and the final regulations might be significantly different. Um, that's one of the areas um, the proposed regs might have you, might force your beneficiaries to take out a certain amount each year. Uh, but right now the law is um, they can take it out. They can do nothing with an inherited Roth for 10 years, let the money grow. So let's say that they inherit a half a million dollars in Roth. They do nothing for but other than invested for 10 years, uh, then it, let's say it's 7% in 10 years, it grows to a million bucks. Then they have to take it out. That's not taxable, but then that million dollars is no longer tax-free. It um, will be subject to income taxes on the interest dividends of capital gains. But when you the principal or the corpus will not be taxable. It will be like a, a plain brokerage account. All right. So the next thing is the secret. And before I get to the secret, I want to give everybody a chance to ask a question on anything that I have said up to now or even a little bit beyond that. So why don't I ask Erica if we have any questions in the queue? We do. We have a lot of questions in the queue. So first, thank you, everyone. Um, Jim mentioned in our last session that we had like the a first in history that we didn't have any new questions at the end of the webinar. So 
I'm so glad to see that they are already pouring in, but keep them coming because really Jim does love these. And we will try to get as many of the ones that we don't get to in this session uh, into the Q&A tomorrow afternoon. So, okay, sorry, I'm done with my little pitch there. Um, but we have a bunch of Roth specific questions. Uh, one that we got is uh, from Sean and he says, my wife and I both have Roth 401ks. We also both have a regular Roth IRAs that we haven't contributed to in over 20 years because of the income uh, limits for contribution. Is there anything I need to know about converting the Roth 401ks to Roth IRAs? My understanding is that you must take RMDs on Roth 401ks and not on Roth IRAs. Okay, so so here's the scenario. Let's, uh, if given the choice, I would rather have a Roth IRA than a Roth 401k. But let's just say for discussion's sake that you are still working. It makes sense to do a Roth conversion, but you literally don't have enough IRA money to convert everything that you want to, to a Roth IRA. But let's say you do have a substantial 401k or 403b. You are allowed to assuming your uh, employer's plan allows you to, this is not an IRS question, it's an employer plan question. You are allowed to make a Roth 401k or a Roth 403b. So let's just say for discussion's sake that you have a, uh, <clears throat> a Roth IRA, I'm sorry, you have a plain old 401k uh, and let's just say the value of it's a million bucks and you wanna do a $100,000 Roth 401k conversion uh, and assume you're allowed to do that. You fill out the appropriate paperwork and now $100,000 of your 401k is now a Roth 401k. Now, <clears throat> even though it's taxed similarly to a Roth IRA, there is one major difference, which is if you have the money in a Roth 401k, you must take minimum required distributions um, at 72. And if you remember, I said, if it's in a Roth IRA, uh, neither you nor your spouse have to take minimum required distributions. And let's assume that you, if you're still working, by the way, there's no minimum required distributions either on the Roth 401k or actually the plain old uh, 401k. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, you can thank uh, President Clinton for that. But he said, if you're still working and even past minimum required distribution the, with respect to the 401k portion that is related to your current employer, there is no minimum required distribution. So if you're still working, great. But let's say you're not working. And let's just say for discussion's sake, for one reason or another, you prefer keeping the uh, 401k or the Roth 401k in the 401k environment then you will have to start taking minimum required distributions of that Roth IRA. If you don't want to do that and you think that you can do just as well or better uh, with investments outside of your 401k, you could take your Roth 401k, uh, roll it into a, or do a tr trustee to trustee transfer to an inherit to a Roth IRA, and then that stops your minimum required distribution. Hope that answers the question. Why don't we take one or two more, Erica? 
Absolutely. So we did have one that is a little bit of a carryover um, because I believe that the question is referencing something, uh, the, your longer description of uh, our services this morning. Um, but it is from, oops, it's a private question. Uh, and it came from Vince. I'm trying to find it. I'm sorry. Um, ah, here. Uh, he said, our documents and the beneficiary designations of our retirement plans were done a long time ago, right after we had kids by an estate attorney in New York. Now we've retired to Florida. My wife and I would like to meet with you to discuss uh, assets under management. And earlier you mentioned that you do some estate planning services for out-of-state AUM clients. Could you expand on that? And what might you be able to do for us because most of our non-real estate assets are in our retirement plans. And after the SECURE Act, I think we need to rewrite those beneficiary designations. And I don't think that just any law firm here in Florida would be able to get it right. Okay, well, first, since I'm an attorney, I can take any question and answer any other question. So I'm gonna break this into two questions. Uh, the first question that I thought was coming was, um, if my estate planning documents including the beneficiary of my IRA, including the beneficiary of my Roth IRA, was completed appropriately in state A, and I moved to state B, do I have to redo all these documents because I'm now a resident of state B instead of state A? And the answer is, in general, subject to exception, the general answer is no. So most of the documents that we prepare, they are prepared knowing that somebody uh, could very likely move later on in their lives. We've had people move all over the country. Uh, it's anecdotal, but we find a lot of people are moving to where their daughter, not necessarily their son, but where their daughter is having children. So sometimes, you know, you might think that, for example, most of our work in the old days, at least, was from Pennsylvania residents and people assumed that they were going to die uh, Pennsylvania residents. And sometimes that just didn't happen because one of their kids moved to a different state and they followed because uh, grandma wanted to be near the kids or they became snowbirds. We had somebody who actually had uh, two daughters. One was up north, one was down south. They bought two houses and now they're snowbirds and have nothing to do with Pennsylvania. But the point is, if the document was prepared appropriately, you can probably change state residences and not have to change your documents. In fact, we've had clients who've uh, written us say, hey, Jim, we moved to you know, state B. Uh, we, because of that, we went to an attorney and here's what the, the attorney drafted. Uh, do you think these are okay? And I'm like, no, they're a mess. And what should we do? Well, just tear them up because what we did was perfectly fine. So. That said, the vast majority of estate plans that we review, and particularly people with IRA-heavy estates, uh, are, are just miserable. Um, and inevitably, virtually everybody that we are seeing, we are recommending that they redo their estate plan. Now, if you're a Pennsylvania resident, great, we can do it ourselves. And very frankly, it's, sometimes it's just easier for us to do it than to work with an out-of-state attorney to get it done. But to me, it is so critical to get that done. That is part of our service for both the financial master plan 
and for our asset on, under management. Now, again, we're not licensed to practice in Florida or anywhere else except Pennsylvania, but that doesn't preclude us from reviewing your documents, um, writing a, a little section about what's wrong with them, helping you find, if you don't have one already, an appropriate estate attorney in whatever state you're in. We don't have a, uh, you know, estate attorneys in every state, but you know, we're, we're constantly expanding the number of states that we do have attorneys that we like and trust. Um, and then maybe working with that estate attorney, um, doing whatever we can to make sure that the documents are prepared right. Sometimes, by the way, the state attorney tries, uh, we take a look and, well, we don't like this, we don't like that. But ultimately, you end up with the right documents. And I do that. To be honest, it's a pain in the butt because, A, I'm not allowed to charge you for it. Uh, and, B, it's often a whole bunch of work. But I can't, I don't want to have my, let's call it financial master plan, which sometimes I, or an asset under management client, we do this wonderful plan and have it not come to fruition because some estate attorney botched it. And very honestly, uh, particularly when trusts are the underlying asset for, I'm sorry, when IRAs are the underlying asset, the beneficiary is a trust. Um, I think Matt Schwartz has reported to me that more than 90% of those are botched. So that's a long answer to a short question, but that is part of our service. Uh, to be honest, it'd be a lot easier if I didn't feel this way about it. But um, I'm a very, I, I want to provide a ton of value. And if I didn't do that, then it could be a diff difference of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I just couldn't stand it. Um, and it has nothing to do with malpractice or anything else. It's I just want to do the best thing for you and your family because um, it's the right thing to do in business. And very frankly, I get a lot more satisfaction. And I, I feel very good about all the work that I've done over the last 30 plus years. I never worry about running into somebody who you know, complains, oh, you've made this mistake or you botched that or blah, 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 blah. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Um, so one answer to a short question. Why don't we take one more before we move on to the secret? Great. Well, actually, I think it was a long answer, to be fair to you, to a long question. Um, and I, I think that you actually covered all of the things that they asked uh, and more. Um, but now, if anybody actually is interested, whether in the uh, review of your estate plan that we do for master plans or the uh, estate planning consultation that we do for our assets under management clients that are, who live outside of Pennsylvania, uh, they would just click on the offer that I think ha was up and maybe Eric can put it up again uh, and fill out that form. Um, I was urged after our morning session uh, by the admin staff to let people know that if you know that you're seriously interested, uh, then you probably should not wait to fill out the form until tomorrow because we received a bunch of requests this morning and uh, we still are trying to get people on the calendar from our events for professors. Uh, so gym schedule is getting booked and that sounds like hype, but unfortunately it's not. So um, if you really are interested and you know that you already are um, and anything else that you see in today or tomorrow afternoon's event, you know, 
isn't going to, uh, you, you don't need to be swayed any further, you know you're ready, I do really encourage you to fill out that form because I wouldn't want you to miss out, um, especially if you're interested in a master plan because I actually don't know if we have any slots left for those yet. Um, and I'm sure maybe I'll get an update on that later on. But um, okay, we have a bunch of questions about Roth IRAs. Uh, so I think I'll just take the next question about Roth IRAs that came from Shweta. And she says, do Roth IRA conversions make sense if the kids are in a much lower tax bracket than the parents? I guess I'm assuming here that this the conversions would be on behalf of the children, on money that they intend for the children to inherit that they're not going to spend themselves. Um, well, it's a good question. And on an answer like an, an attorney, it depends. So let me take let me tell you the two extremes and your situation might be right in the middle. Um, one you're relatively young, you're in a high tax bracket, it still makes sense to do a Roth conversion for you, even if you're in a much higher bracket than your kids, even if your kids are not money kids or they're not likely to be um, in a high tax bracket. If we have enough years of tax-free growth for you, uh, it might still be the right thing for you and your family, even if you're never gonna spend your Roth. Uh, the other possibility is, let's say that you are much older, you're in a very high tax bracket, you have a short life expectancy, you're in a high tax bracket, your kids are in a low tax bracket. In that case, it might not make sense to do a Roth conversion. It might, depending on uh, a number of factors, uh, those numbers, that's an example of something to run the numbers. Here is a really interesting idea that hardly anybody talks about, uh, in that situation. So let's say that you are older um, and you're in a really high tax bracket. And let's assume that somehow, some way, you can get a little bit of self-employment income. Um, and I'm not saying to commit frauds to, 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 get, to get income, but maybe you do a little consulting, maybe you do something. Let, I don't even care if it's five or 10,000 bucks. So now you have a little bit of earned income and based on that earned income, you set up a one-person 401k plan, all right? Then you take the money in your IRA, and it can be a million, it can be five million, and you do a, a rollover into the one-person 401k plan. Now, there's some other advantages to that that I that's beyond the scope of this question, all right? So now, I mean, the 401k plan, um, it, you know, it might have very similar um, rules, et cetera, depending on age and minimum required distribution, et cetera, et cetera. And let's say you're older than 72, so there's going to be minimum distributions, whether it's in an IRA or a 401k. Then you do the, um, then what you do is you wait until you die, because uh, you're in a very high tax bracket, so it might not make sense to do a Roth conversion. Then your kids get this inherited 401k. But here's the, the cool thing. Your kids could actually do a an inherited 401k Roth conversion after you're dead in their low tax bracket. They can't do a inherited IRA Roth IRA conversion. So that that's an example where it makes more sense. I mean, most advisors, oh, get the money from the 401k or the 403b into an IRA. There's all these advantages, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I'm not saying that that's wrong, but this is a, one case where it might make sense to go the other way. 
and, and go from an IRA to a 401k. Um, and these days, it used to be a big deal to set up a, a one-person 401k or a one-person 403b. These days, it's really pretty easy. I think all the major uh, companies, Schwab, Vanguard, uh, T. Rowe Price, et cetera, et cetera, I think that they all offer them. Um, and that is a really interesting strategy. We haven't done a lot of it, but we've done some. And uh, that's one interesting way to save a lot of money. Okay, 